Welcome to Life's a Beach. I'm Bruce Hopkins, better known as Hoppo from Bondi Rescue. Each week I'll be sharing some stories, the good, the bad and everything in between. I'll be chatting to guests about their life experiences and giving our listeners an insight to the challenges we have faced in our lives. We'll share a few jokes and some banter along the way and hopefully our experiences will resonate with you. As the saying goes, while life's a beach, it can also be a bitch. Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I thought I'd do a Logie special because Bondi Rescue has been nominated once again for the TV Week Logies. Now, this is the 11th nomination. We have won six Logies over the years, 16 years of Bondi Rescue. Now, in the beach shack, I thought I'd get in Harry's and Dino who have been around since the start of the TV show and even before the TV show came around and chat all about the Logies and a bit of lifeguard stuff as well. So everybody sit back and have a listen to Harry's, Dino and myself. Now this week in the Beach Shacker, I thought what I'd do this week was do a segment on the Logies. And that's a, for the overseas people, that's a TV week awards. It's for all TV shows also personalities and actors that uh, throughout the year. And it's a, it's a great awards night. And we've been nominated again for a Logie Bondi Rescue. And I thought I'd get in a couple of guys from the original TV show, been around the whole time of the 16 years. And so welcome to Beach Shack is Harry's and Dino. How are you? Yeah, love you, Hoppo. So good. Brings back memories. So I'll start with Harry's. Do you remember the first time you went to the Logies? And, and when you got the call to say you're going to go down, what was that like? Yeah, we got the call that you and I and actually Kobe Graham we, we, that we'd be going down to the Logies and, and that we'll get, we'll actually been we'd be nominated and we're a good chance of winning a Logie. And I recall Ben Davies ringing me and saying, "Hoppo and yourself and myself are going to do a speech if we win a Logie." And I'm thinking, "Oh my God, I got nothing prepared here." But I was thinking how humbling it is for not only representing the lifeguards, uh, you know, on Bondi Beach, all the guys that we work with, but also, you know, the lifeguards that we we represent nationally and internationally, what we're doing as a job. It was so humbling. Mm. Um, and then so many things resonated, like, you know, this is incredible that we could win a Logie, number one. Secondly, we're representing all the lifeguards around the world. And what we've done to get to that point is incredible. I, I really reflect on what you and you both did and I did going to children's hospitals way before we were celebrities. We were doing so much for charities mm. and, you know, it's incredible. And, you know, they'd say, well, do you deserve the Logie? And I'm thinking we a hundred percent deserve that Logie for what we did, not only saving people's lives, but what we did prior to a TV show. It's so good. Yeah. It was an amazing uh, time and amazing to get that back. You know what, uh, what we've put in for all the years. Now, Dino, what, what about you, mate? What's the uh, – do you remember your first time for the Logies? Well, I, I, I'll have to check with you. So did we win a Logie the first year? I believe maybe you went down with Tom Bunning. Did we win the first year? 
Yeah, we, we won the first year. We won we six won in the a row first year. from, from the Because I went year. the second year, yeah. the second year and maybe even the third year. And, you know, to be nominated for a Logie is pretty special. And as Harry's talked about, we were doing this stuff before there was a TV show. The year before they started filming Bondi Rescue, which was our first Logie win, we did 12 or 13 resuscitations where we were able to bring 12 or 13 people back to life. So during that year, I remember sitting down with yourself and whoever our supervisor was at the time and meeting Ben Davies and talking about the initial, the the show, the, and they were going to call it Bondi Lifeguards or Bondi Rescue. And as you know, it was potentially going to be a, a 60-minute special. And this 60-minute special turned into six episodes and eventually they had eight episodes, enough for a, enough for a little mini season, and that kept growing and growing every year. Yeah, so, yeah, long story short, um, yeah, there was lots of work done to get us onto a TV show and then to get us to the Logies. And, yeah, it was super special to be at the Logies and then even more special to be on stage and accept an award. Um, I particularly remember meeting Glenn McGrath and Wendell Saylor there and they said to me, hi, Dina. And I was blown away that they knew my names and that they, and that, you know, they, they said, oh, our kids watch the show. And uh, it was a long time ago. This is before a lot of social media and it was sort of back in the wild, wild old days of the Logies, although it wasn't anywhere as near as wild as what I was expecting on, <laughs> on those nights out. So, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good times. It's very, very special times and, and something we'll, you know, we'll have forever. But, so go through now the the start, you know, we go down and, and maybe start with you, Harry's, on, on, you know, what we have to do on that day. Yeah, so the ritual is fly into Melbourne. It was, it was at the Crown Casino in Melbourne. We pretty much get prepared, put our suits on, put a little bit of makeup on. And then you, you're heading off to. Uh, well, there's nothing wrong with a bit of makeup, by the way. Oh, I, I, I think you left something out. There's a little bit of Botox in there, was there for, for you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this, yeah. <laughs> I know, shining like a disco ball. I'm not going to mention that botulent word, but uh, then we 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 head down onto a red carpet, which is quite familiar to other celebrities and, and entertainers in, in that world. And all of a sudden, we've entered this bubble of being what they might call celebrities that we, we, I suppose is a bit unnatural to us because we're just beach bums, you know, rescuing people. And we're on this, we're on this red carpet and I'm just, it's incredible. It's an amazing experience. People are looking at you, taking photos of you. At that stage, it was, you know, we were, we were noticed and we were getting big ratings back in those days. So people were recognizing and the same as what Dino said, you know, remembering that a celebrity, I remember Scotty Cam coming up to me and like, hey, Aries, you know, like kids love you, mate. You know, I can't wait to come bring the kids down and come into the tower. You know, and I'm thinking, this is crazy. We've been watching them. Now the mirror's been turned and they're watching us. Like we didn't set out on this trail of like, yeah, one day we're walking down the red carpet. It landed in our lap. So it's more of a magic carpet ride, this red carpet. <laughs> Dino, how, how did you find that? The, the red carpet, first time walking along there, and as Harry said, and, and I felt the same too. It was like we're walking along with people that, you know, I've, I've watched on TV my entire life. Yeah, it was so surreal. That was... That was the early days of what people call 15 seconds of fame, right? And it was, 
you know, not like people that choose to go on Big Brother or cooking shows where they know it's there's a TV thing there. We never chose this. We wanted to rescue people and save people's lives. And this, you know, Bondi Rescue is not reality TV. It's a documentary. It's an observational documentary. And I think that was the title of of the original Logies that they won. So the cameras are following us around observing what we're doing and documenting what we're doing at work. So we're not playing up for the cameras. And and that's why Australia connected with us because we weren't putting it on. We were, we'd make mistakes. They would show it. Occasionally someone would swear, Kerbox particularly would, <laughs> but it was real. It was authentic. And it seemed like people really loved us for, for being who we were. That, and that was something that I, I realised too when Osha G said to me one day, he said, I said, people are coming up to me saying, oh, you're the same as what you are on TV. And, and like you said, Dino, it, it, we're playing ourselves. And, and that's something that mm. people watch a, a, actors doing a, a TV show. That's the personality they see. But it could tailor be the opposite personality of that person. And, yeah, that really resonated with me that we are just playing our, ourselves. Well, people ask me all the time about Harry's. Like, they think he's putting it on. And I go, unfortunately, that's what he's like in real life. <laughs> I yeah, remember he used, to, he used to come into swimming training just, like, bouncing around like a kangaroo at yeah. 5 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, what is this bloke doing? Yeah. And he's, 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 you know, he was like that. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't tell the stories. Of, was it your twenty fifth birthday party, Harry's? Oh. Anyway, one of them. <laughs> can't tell those stories on a podcast. People's ears would bleed. But um, like this was a long time before there was a TV show. He's he's always been crazy. Yeah, I remember him picking me up for swimming and going, and, and like I'd be half asleep just wanting to sit there thinking about <laughs> what what swimming set we're going to get this morning. And and here's Harry's. He just wouldn't stop talking. He's looking at me. Not ever said a word. <laughs> yeah, which, I, yeah, you know what? That's what makes it so special. I think because we all grew up and we understood each other, we we had the same passions. We were hungry for the same things. We we loved the surf. We loved what we did as a job, and it was very much that team that was winning a grand final for you know mm. year on year. So it was it was the equivalent of like that super team. But you know, six logies. It was. It was so good how we all gelled together. We understood each other and it's amazing. It's incredible. It's it's actually even better now knowing that Bondi Rescue is one of the first documentary shows out there and what's come from it. You know, there's Paradise Island, you know, the Big Brother, yeah. of course, and, and Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, Border Security. All these shows have come from Bondi Rescue and it, it's unreal. Um it's from what you two have done. It's what what the whole team has done. It's great. Yeah, it's been an amazing series. And the red carpet basically was, what, half an hour, 45 minutes by the time you started and finished and, mm. and then went upstairs into the, the massive dining room where we'd sit down and uh, get ready for the awards. <laughs> we'd yeah, go up there and, you know, I think at, at a lot of the time, Hoppo, you and I were single, you know, <laughs> so – so we didn't have blinkers, No, no blinkers like a racehorse. And I'll tell you what, that God-given talent of being a live guy to give us peripheral vision. We see we had sight beyond sight. <laughs> well, I, I remember that the, the second one when I was there with Hoppo, he was dancing with Miss Universe, Jen Hawkins. 
Um, We ended up at the Channel 9 party, and the funny thing was when we won the Logie, me and Hoppo kept it, and we took it to every bar we went out with that night. Now, I'm not encouraging alcohol consumption, and, in fact, I don't drink much at all these days, but that little Logie gold statue, that sat on the bar with us, and none of the Channel 9 people actually had their Logies. They were all taken off them. So Cordell Jigsaw or Channel 10 was silly enough to let us keep it. And it's very fortunate it made it home with us because at one stage it was just doing circles around the bar and people were getting photos with it. The who's who (laughs) wanted our Logie to get a photo with it because their Logies got taken off them. They were pretending that that was their Logie. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm. I remember, um, you know, we'd had a fair few drinks and – I looked around and one minute it was at one side of the room, then it was the next side. Then you see yeah. people dancing with it on the dance floor and at the Channel 9 party and it's, I'm going, yeah, I don't know if it's ever going to come back, but it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Wow. Yeah, wow. Like, it, it, that, yeah, a good point. I remember, like, actors coming up going, oh, my God, this is so special. You know, I've been an actor for, you know, 20 years and uh, this has been a dream to win a Logie, obviously, in their, in their area of expertise and we're like wow all, all we've done is be ourselves on a beach <laughs> wow it's amazing it's it, it's very humbling what we've done it's incredible you know or we've just gone out onto a beach saved some lives had a good laugh at each other help people and you know we showed so much empathy and, and passion to what we do it's crazy it really yeah. is You know what, Harry's, though, like it was fabulous that people all around the world got to see what we do, but my mum was a nurse. And, like, I used to tell them, my friends are police officers, I used to tell them what we do, and it wasn't until they saw it on Bondi Rescue they actually started to really understand what I was telling them and really look a little bit deeper into some of the stories that I told. I think they must have thought I was bullshitting them. But, yeah, that my family and friends were blown away. Yeah, it's definitely something I saw too with when I spoke to people. I don't think they believed what actually went on down there. And I think that's one big thing with Bondi Rescue. It shows what we do as a job as well. And I think that's helped lifeguard services, you know, all around Australia and around the world. Yeah, that's the best part for, for me personally thinking, okay, yeah, we, we fame landed in our lap. That's great. It's all good. But what we had was this show that we could go back and reenact the actual roles out of the show to better ourselves as a lifeguard Mm. unit. So when we come across that scenario or incident again, we could execute it to the highest degree. And, you know, obviously there's negatives and positives of that, that the outside professionals, lifeguards, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? But, you know, we constantly progressed training and, and utilizing what we had through the Bondi Rescue Channel and, and getting better at it. And, mate, that's huge. People would sit there thinking about it in a theoretical aspect. We had a practical aspect, you know, with a voiceover and we're like, right, let's let's do this again and let's time it. Let's see how we can do it better. And that's unreal. That's so good to look back on. I suppose every business in the modern day would love and dream to have this so they could look back and think how they could be better in the future. Yeah, 100%. And also with the edit as well, some things got edited out because obviously a resuscitation mm. or something major takes so long. You know, it's only a 22-minute show, so they've got to cut it back. So sometimes things that we did do got edited out, so it looked like we didn't do it as well. So, yeah, but but it's, it's great to, to look back and, and bring that footage in and replay it so everyone can see. And then, 
you know, you can improve, as Harry's what you said, you can improve in what we did. Yeah, well, mil- millions of people worldwide have watched our videos of doing resuscitation. From what I understand, they were the first videos of live resuscitation done in sort of, you know, in real life scenarios. Yeah, us three guys, when it competed in the world titles against the best people in the world, you know, and we were, we were on show again, like, you know, in a Taplin team, what we, you know, and we won the world titles and people are watching from the outside pro- probably saying, oh, they might be TV stars now, then we're going to beat mm-hmm. them. But we're so passionate about what we do. We, we love, we're so, we resonate to being the best, you know, and, you know, we won a world title together. It's incredible. And it's like mm. the Logie kind of followed on. <laughs> <laughs> so just for the listeners overseas that, that listen, you know, the US, the, the Emmys is equivalent to our Logies and also in the UK, the British Academy Television Awards. So just so they all know what, you know, we're talking about it and it's quite special uh, to us that we've won six Logies and also been nominated. I think now 10 or 11, I think, nominations now um, with this year coming up. Now, guys, when we're in the room at the Logies, we're all sitting there and were there any nerves when they were coming up to announce our segment that, uh, you know, who's going to win the Logie for uh, – well, we've been in a, f- a few different categories over the years. Okay, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I guess to talk people into it, when you're in the, the Logies, it's a big room and there's four or five people get nominated for this major award. I imagine the same thing. I don't know if the same thing happens at the Emmys or not, but there's at the Logies, there's, when I was there, there's two camera crews. So if the camera crew's pointing the camera at your table, you know you're in the top two. And because we were not the first award, we were there and I was watching and it's like, okay, camera crews will go to pretty much first and second and then there's a bit of anticipation. So there's maybe five people called out in the category. Camera crew nominates it to one or two. So when we come round, for me, it was like, is the camera crew going to film us? And they call out, they call out our nominations and we know we're getting nominated whoever the four or five other people were and then the camera crew come on to us and it's like okay we're on here we're 50 50 to win and and it's just bang it's bondo rescue and um yeah so that was that was really exciting to get i guess halfway there knowing that the camera crew's got the camera on us my phone lit up that night um when i was up on stage getting that logie award with you hoppo and possibly gonzo yeah, I think it could have been Gonzo that uh, that year. With that was the second year, yeah. Second and the third year I, I, I was there. Um, yeah, really special times. Yeah, it, it was a, I was thinking, I remember you two going up, right? And I'm, I'm in my lounge room at home and I remember, you know, the nominations come up and we're watching and I thought, what I thought was, like these two have done like this amazing apprenticeship from Nippers, right? You know, <laughs> Maruba and Bronny Nippers. Right, and, and you would have never thought in your wildest dreams getting this Logie that from a nipper going into clubby stuff, key, competing as a lifesaver, volunteer lifesaver, and then all of a sudden you're in a profession, and then the next minute you're on, it's called the Night of Nights, the Logies, which yeah. in Australia it's the equivalent of obviously the Emmys and everything else around the world. But, and then you're up there getting this award and it's like, what? It's incredible. Like you, you could not script this. Yeah, I mean, and, and 
also getting up there doing a speech in front of people that you know that's their profession they're good at it that you know they're presenters they're actors you know the people have been on tv forever and here we are standing up there giving a speech to all these people in the room that you know in an industry that we've sort of come in through the back door through the start of the uh you know the the documentary you know, slash reality tv type uh series yeah i remember i actually remember what i said when i got up with you i'm like i i I work with the sexiest bunch of blokes on the planet. You know, <laughs> I know I'm going to like look back and go, I'm going to say that. And then like, I, I remember also saying, you know, these guys have been watching over you for such a long time. It's not just Bondi beach, but it's every beach throughout Australia that these guys are watching over you and the credible job they do, you know? And um, we got, we got this, we got a clap like from it. I'm thinking they, they believe in us. <laughs> it was almost like people expected us to be ourselves and not like if we made, if we stuffed up, it was okay. And, you know, they were blokes from the beach. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I think I said something like one of them, the speeches was, uh, I thank the, the backpackers for coming. I didn't have a TV show. <laughs> <You did>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know how that was going to go down, but I could hear people laughing because with the lights, you know, up on stage, you can't see anyone yeah. really out in the crowd. And then they started laughing, so I thought, oh, more people are laughing than booing, so I must oh, have... Oh, they were laughing at Gonzo, okay. I think. He was doing taking a selfie or something. I don't know what was going <laughs> on. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was trying to take a selfie at the same time by doing the speech. That's... <laughs> that's... And then I was worried about Harry's doing the kangaroo as we left the stage. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for our international audiences, nothing like having the coat of arms up on stage. <laughs> um, gee, gee, it was relieving. Like, because I, I was anxious before it. I was really excited. You guys had won the won the year before when I wasn't there. So you had won one and been on stage hopper. For me, it was yeah. like it was a second year, and I put so much work into lifeguarding for the last I don't know five eight years, and then to be up on stage, it was like all my Christmases had come at once, won the award, and then I really wanted to rip in. So yeah, yeah, it was a. Brilliant night. That's actually a good question. Has anyone else won six Logies in a row? Has anyone other, you know, has anyone been nominated for 11? But, you know, six out of the 11. That's incredible. Yeah, I think we're up there as the six in a row, I think was a record. The last, when we won the six, I think they announced that it was a, a new record of six in a row. I mean, people have won, you know, your, your home and aways and your neighbours and all those shows have won probably more Logies, but I don't know if they've ever won them consistently in a row no and this is the time that we should all talk about a spin-off show right now you know like a ninja <laughs> warrior or a bondi warrior or... <laughs> and, and that's i've always thought you know they had a big brother after dark does it not make sense <laughs> yeah mate i uh, I'm, I'm i'm trying to stay to the third marriage not end up have to go for the fourth <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness yeah it's been... so how the feeling after winning a logie and then we go out the back you get interviewed by the media and then you can sort of let your hair down can't you just uh, have mm. a few more drinks and uh get into the whole fun of the night of the logies yeah that, yeah we had a good dance huh there's nothing like a good dance <laughs> yeah. it, it went it went to late at night there's no doubt. Yeah, it was great. And I remember my last one, you know, I had my first son, Billy, Emily come along and, and, um, you know, she, she couldn't drink, you know, and I remember like, God, I better, I better change. This is the time to change. You're married now and you can have your first child. So get home at maybe one o'clock, you know, but not two o'clock. 
<laughs> wow. Which Logies? Is that where Jesse was running around the hallways in his undies and it made the paper afterwards? That's right. Yeah, I think he got locked out of his room. He went in the lift and got locked in the lift and came out in his undies or something. Yeah, I forget who caught him in the in the lift. No, so remember, we heard it on the radio. We just said, there was a bra boy running down the aisle. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Well, well, I think the first year I did it, we had to do media the following day, and that was brutal. Had no, had minimal sleep. I was hungover, and yeah, it was. We were dragged around from radio station to radio station, and I don't know if we did any TV or not. Would have needed the sunglasses on if I did anyway. Yeah, that was a tough morning. I remember that, and I remember um, there was one year I think we had to go to TV, and I remember they were putting those those clear drops in my eyes to try and get rid of the, the bloodshot eyes. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, it was tough. It was tough. But the the after parties they were good, weren't they? We used to go to the other networks, start off for Channel Ten, and then make our way around all the other networks. And and then a lot of people would have their own parties mm. later. Which the funny thing is, some of the after parties didn't even start till about three a.m. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you needed a diesel engine, didn't you? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yes, we're allowed to elaborate oh, on those parties. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> oh, God, I remember actually being at the Channel 9 party, you know, with you, Hop, and there's something broke out in the back there and we're going, you know, we, we're actually we're with it but not with it, if you could say that, you know. And I remember I think the late Dieter Drummer, he's such a nice guy, I love him. But uh, <laughs> he had some altercation or something with a security guard. But we just would like, I remember we were just drinking. So we, you know, thought nothing of it, like a bit of commotion, you know, no one's down the ground. So we don't have to resus and we're sweet, get another cocktail. And then I remember waking up in the morning, it's like, oh my God, something's happened, you know, something's happened like within 25 meters of us, you know? God, yeah. So I'm just happy that That's we right. never we never ended up in trouble or anything like that. Now we're just too old and wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember. I think Dino, it was with you. We finished really late one one year, and mm. we're coming through. And I think Channel Nine, the Today Show with um, Carl Stefanovic, was doing the about to start and about to go to air, and and we came wandering through. But he was probably worse for wear than us. Yeah, absolutely. That that made the headlines afterwards. I think uh, if people jump on YouTube and, and Google. I don't know, Carl slur, slurring after the yogi, uh, Logies. Jeez, oh, I'm slurring. <laughs> the footage will come up and he was pretty drunk on air and, and that's a no-no. And we uh, we strolled right past there. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think Carl went to bed after the Logies. God love him. And you know why people love Carl? Because he's a knockabout Aussie bloke and he tells it how it is sometimes. And I think that really connects with the Australian population. Yeah. 100%. God. Yeah, actually, I just remembered another thing. We, we, Hoppo, we, we had a dance of Lisa Wilkinson at the Channel 9 party. And, you know, she's got the most beautiful, radiating, effervescent smile. And I just remember we're just dancing there. I think, wow, this is incredible, you know. Someone that we've known since we're, you know, young. You know, she's an amazing person. Been on so many different networks, you know. And we're, we're just dancing away with her. She's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, it was great. And like Dee said that um – Jennifer Hawkins won when I was dancing there. I, I, I was dancing like the Thunderbirds. I wonder she, she. I don't. I think. I don't even think I lasted the whole song. Oh, shit. I got some photos somewhere of that. I remember. Oh, I think God. I was on, on. I think I had a camera. 
It was you there could would have, have been it's, before, it's before fans. It's, it's before the fans, yeah. Yeah. That's the best ever. This universe. <laughs> <laughs> no way. She definitely thought it was Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh. Gee, I'd love to know if yeah, any good. of the li- if any, any of the lifeguards end up kissing anyone, any of the, the famous actors or hosts of shows or anything like that. Do we know? <laughs> Guess who don't sue? <laughs> There's no proof of anything. <laughs> I, I certainly oh remember God. someone chasing Gonzo around one uh, one one of the logies. <laughs> he was a very handsome TV presenter too. Oh wow, wow! Yes, this is where it all comes back out of the closet. I love it. <laughs> oh God, I think actually you. I think you kissed someone. Oh, you kissed someone. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> oh, actually, let's lead into that. We yeah. went, we went together down the red carpet. So I don't know your kiss, but you, you're holding me quite tight. Grab hands, grab hips. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were hanging on to me quite tight. I don't know what was going on. Oh well, they, you know, they said we go down as a team. I said it was partners. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well. We have been nominated again, which we've had a couple of years in uh, hiatus, but uh, we have been nominated coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, the Logies here in Australia. So that should be good. Hopefully everyone votes for us and uh, we can get another win and make that seven. Yeah, yeah, how good would that be? That would be awesome. Uh, You know, as we were saying before, it's not just about receiving a Logie, it's the representation that, that all of us are doing, you know, for the whole of Australia. You know, we're not just lifeguards let's talk about frontline workers what they're doing you know emergency workers in hospitals we've been through an amazing incredible pandemic over the last couple of years on top of uh you know representing lifeguards emergency workers frontline workers we deserve this award to represent that those guys hopper how many years like i'm looking at the like you guys were well established when i started on the beach 22 23 years ago there's some serious amount of rescues between us three, you know, somewhere between 10 and 20,000, at least 15 to 20,000. Yeah. How, like how many years have you been on the beat? Like this is, this is 30 years or? So this is 30, yeah, 30, 30 years, years for me. Wow. So it's been a, a long time and, and geez, a lot's changed since the 90s. And I mean, Harry's, you started around the mid 90s. Yeah, 27 years. How much has changed oh my God. in lifeguarding from, from then to now? Yeah, it's changed so much, and and uh, how much has changed in the way of the way we've had to adapt and relate to to staff and young people now. You know, it's there's a, there's a lot more feelings and emotions involved now, and and mm. you know, it's just different, and you just you just need more dynamics and and more tools to the trade to to get out there and do the job. And I think Dino, you were um, when you started, you were throwing straight into the deep end. I think Christmas we did Day. A, a second, yeah, second recruitment. You came on then straight into the business. I did 20, 20 rescues in my first two hours of work. Yeah, and at least forty that day. Wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I did. I did hundreds of rescues in my first week of work. It's, it's funny you say this, Dean, because behind you, and I know this is going to be audio, but behind you is the icebergs, mm. and there's a picture of the icebergs, and as everyone knows, it's a 
incredible place to swim. And Hopper and I had to drag a bloke off the edge of the pool once and, and pull him around the whole way around to dry land to resuscitate and defibrillate him. You know, like it's just been yeah. incredible, you know, when you, you see a landmark on the beach or in our local LGA and we go, wow, there was a definitive moment where we had to resuscitate, uh, preserve human life, you know, and there's a, and everyone knows about backpackers. There's a, I, I remember, I'll never forget this thing with, with Hoppo. We went out for a double rescue and when we got out there, a, a big um, a Middle Eastern guy grabbed Hoppo around the neck and he, he was really muscly and grabbed him around the neck. And I'll never forget, there was, was a time where it was like you, you're thinking about the moment, you wait to, to do what you have to do. And then I just went so fast off the board and grabbed this guy around the neck and we took him under for a death roll. You know, I'll never forget <laughs> that moment. He had you so tight and he was in survival mode and he just seen you as a flotation device, <laughs> Get you know, and it's crazy, crazy. Go, wow, that happened right here. You know, we've been seconds. He wasn't letting go. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Isn't it? That's yeah. funny. Look, because there's there's a couple of books that, that we've been involved with, but you just literally can't remember all the things that happen. We we should get a big group of us around and, and have a couple of drinks and flush out some of the stories. Because as I sit here and chat, like it just, you know, the last 20 years, like there's been, I reckon I've done at least five to 6,000 rescues. I've been involved in bringing 30 people back to life. Mm. And part of the... You know, you've been the boss, Hoppo, but Harry's and myself, we were the management team. There's other guys involved as well. And being involved with the show or having Bondi rescued there sort of catapulted the lifeguard service forward. We were able to do maybe move forward 20 to 30 years in, in five to 10 years through the service and the support, the support from council. I don't think people that worked for council knew they even had a lifeguard service. Everyone used to think we were surf lifesavers in red and yellow back then. So for, for me as a professional lifeguard to be sort of put on the map, Harry's talked about it before and being able to do my job better, having having Bondi Rescue there as a support as, yeah, it's been so many good memories. And I think it has, like we've been talking earlier, that it's put lifeguards, professional lifeguards on the map and, and it's now become a career. I mean, maybe Bondi Rescue over the 16 years has helped other councils understand and a lot more beaches now are 12 months of the year mm. than what they were before. Now, hopefully, you know, that's had some sort of an impact on, on other councils. Yeah. Well, they're all in the blue shirts. Yeah. Our yeah. rescues have reduced significantly, right? It was last time I looked at the stats, we were doing, we we're doing less than half the rescues that we used to do, like the thousands of rescues we used to do a year at Bondi. That's significantly less. Yeah, that recognition, I suppose, of everyone seeing a blue shirt and then that resonates to another beach up the co or down the coast or in mm. WA even that got blue shirts and internationally now, you know, you know, that's what you did, Hoppo. You know, I never forget. You go, well, let's get a shirt that, that everyone can spot us out on the beach, you know, with, with the historian Laurie Williams and that's how we, we just kept going blue and everyone else has followed suit. It's unreal. Incredible. Yeah, I remember we were in the um... – we were in the white white tops for a while and we couldn't see each other with the sand and, and our boards were white as well and you couldn't see them. Mm. And yeah, then we just progressed into that that blue and you could see it and then the boards became blue, you can see them. And, yeah, and I think professional lifeguards, if everyone should be in the same colour, whatever colour it is, obviously 
it's well known now with the blue. And then the volunteers, it's in the red and yellow. So you can really distinguish between, you know, the volunteer organisation and a professional lifeguard service. Yeah, and you've got to look at that, that YouTube platform. If that's getting 70 million views per month just on a YouTube platform, you know, that's incredible, that amount of people watching and looking around the world, you know. So, yeah, it's yeah, you guys, you should be really proud of yourselves. You know, like yeah, I mean, it's been a, a yeah. Everybody that's been around in that sixteen years of Bondi Rescue, you know, has done a fantastic job. And also, though, right back to nineteen thirteen, when the first professional, well, they called beach inspectors back then. Mm. So what they did to you know, progress through to where we are today, it's, yeah. it's been a over a hundred years worth of people working on the beach, saving lives. Uh, it's not just sort of. You know, us since Bondi Rescue has come along, it's it's been a, a massive history there at Bondi. Yeah, and then you, you, obviously you you meet other celebrities, even or whoever out there, and they have a story. They have a story about either their family going to Bondi, maybe being rescued by mm-hmm. you know the the inspector or the lifeguard, or they have a story about a rescue that they did. So this stuff resonates so broadly and widely with to, to so many people out there. It's crazy. And obviously the, the, the landmark, it's iconic. So, yeah, what, what I'd love to know, what I think we should be doing, the three of us, you know, because it's been going for so long now. And, and, and obviously, you know, old Maverick has come out with Top Gun 2. <laughs> Don't you think? I think we should be doing something like that to the danger zone. Yeah, well... well. Look, Harry's, you've done well, mate. It's been, yeah, thirty-six minutes. You've stayed partly normal, and I knew it had to come somewhere. You had to, it had to come. So, <laughs> well, well done. Ty, are you Tom Cruise? Maybe are you? <laughs> are you Top Gun? We've all been up in those F-14 fighter jets before. <laughs> I mean, what is it? We've been to Mark Three a couple of times, so. <laughs> oh, well, we have. We did. We did do the um, the, the space center in the US together, the, oh. the, the Kennedy uh, Space oh. Center, and oh, we won't go into what happened there. But geez, you did a, a good job. Oh. Surfboard and, and no clothes. That's about as far as I can go with that one. <laughs> well, that's a thing. That's a good point you've just brought up because with the obviously the, the Logies, you know, they must have a, a Hall of Fame or something along those lines for TV stars. But I remember you told me, you said, we've got to go to the Astronauts Hall of Fame and that's where that space shuttle was. And, you know, obviously someone <laughs> climbed over a railing. I don't know if it was you or I with a Brett Warner surfboard. On, on the wing of the plane, you know. So, um, yeah, and obviously we dressed to just in case that the space shuttle landed in the water. Nothing, yeah. nothing at all on. <laughs> well, well, there's a show for us, Survivor, the three of us. <laughs> How long we survived that? That's the problem. <laughs> no? They'd get rid of us quickly, I reckon. <laughs> I can't build anything. I wouldn't survive on my own anywhere. No, no, we're all we're all vegans. We wouldn't eat piglets or anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, mate, it's great having you in talking about the Logies and, and everything else about lifeguards. And uh, hopefully, uh, everyone out there will give us a give us a vote. Uh, we'll put stuff up online, and you can vote for us for the Logies. And uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully winning another one.
Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, much appreciated if you do, guys. Thanks in advance. TIA. Can't wait. Love you, boys. Love you. Now let's go to Beach Banner. Okay, this week in the Beach Shack for Beach Banner, it's the first time he's uh, popped in. Dino, how are you? I'm really excited to be here. It's always good to have a chat and like, talk about the good times, really. Now, mate, a lot of people know that you've been doing a lot of stuff you know, outside of lifeguarding. So tell us a bit about you know, the breathing work and the techniques with the cold water and getting in ice bars and, that you've been doing recently. Yeah, cheers, Hoppo. Well, um, you know, I guess potentially how I ended up as a lifeguard is I was an asthmatic as a child. So I ended up in hospital multiple times when I was nine. And I'm not sure if somebody told me or I believe I I sort of intuitively knew I connected the swimming training that I was doing with regulating my breath, which sort of that sorted me out, my asthma out. So when I was swimming, I was able to run around the block and play footy with my mates and do really well in the cross country at school, even though I wasn't, I didn't run much. But when I'd stopped swimming training, I, I couldn't, I used to struggle to walk up the stairs. And then I'd end up sick and on asthma and with all these problems. So the swimming, the asthma potentially gave me a career as a lifeguard because the swimming, you know, I had to keep it up. I, I thought that was the only way I could get through life. And, you know, I was no good at school. And I'm like, what do I want to do? And, you know, it was only thing, I was surf lifesaver. I was good at swimming. And I remember mum being a nurse, actually. And I was down at Maroubra one day and the lifeguards did CPR. And they were able to bring someone back to life. And I was amazed. And it's like, that's that's what I want to do. And, and it's something I'm actually good at. So, yeah, that was the, I guess that was the start of it that sort of got me into lifeguarding. And then from there, how did you get into the, the ice bars? And, and then deciding, you got into that yourself and then decided, well, I might, I'll teach this to people as well? Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess there was a bit of an evolution. I started doing some yoga in my mid to late 20s and the regulated nasal breathing from yoga was starting to give me what the the breathing from swimming was and for those people at home just imagine going for a run and you can go and you can you know you're breathing continuously when you swim you breathe and then you're swimming one two three and then you breathe again so that slows your breathing down that slows down your respiratory rate and this is really good on a functional breathing sense. So as a functional breathing coach, and I wear lots of different hats, generally slowing people down improves the oxygen diffusion on a cellular level. So that's one of the things we look at. But yeah, the, the yoga started to give me what, what swimming was giving me. So I was less reliant on swimming. And then I discovered sort of Wim Hof stuff. And that was a serious challenge for me. And, and one of the big things that I also noticed lifeguarding, and you'd know this as well, is what, what do people do when they're in a rip? They panic, right? Yeah. And so it's, for me, partly my journey in the last couple of years is, is understanding the science of that fight or flight response. And breath work is a brilliant way to teach people it, to take people in and out of that stress response. And for me, I believe, you know, if I could teach people breath work, I, I could save, potentially save more lives from doing this than, than maybe even I could lifeguarding. 
Well, it's been scientifically proven now. I've been doing a lot of work with Float to Survive and it's the same thing over in the UK. They do Float to Live and it's a Mm. lot of based on cold water where people just suddenly don't realise they're going to end up in the water and suddenly they end up into the water. And as you're saying, it's those first couple of seconds where the panic sets in is when they'll take a mouthful of water. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've seen it happen. I've seen people die in front of me from panicking. So, yeah, the, the, a lot of what I teach is understanding that science. And, you know, there's organisations sort of their message is don't panic. And it's like how can you – you can't tell someone that's panicking, panicking not to panic. It just doesn't work. So, yeah, re- remain calm and, and trying to float to survive is, is such a simple and a, an effective message. Now, mate, what uh, – you have courses and, and, and things you do with people. What, what, how can people get in contact to become a part of this and learn what you're teaching? Yeah, yeah, thanks, Hoppo. So, there, yeah, there's a whole range of things I do. I, 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 you know, being a lifeguard for, for years, my health and fitness was, was first and foremost – what I used to notice as well and, and what you know, like we sit for six to eight hours straight and then have to go into like breakneck speed to, to do a rescue. So I always worked on my mobility and my um, my flexibility and, you know, I, I wanted to stay, you know, I was in the job for a long time, still am. You, you need to stay mobile as you get older so you can, so you can do those, those things. So I teach a whole range of health and fitness related stuff because it's all very much connected, our posture, our mobility, the way we breathe, the way we handle stress. But yeah, I sort of come up with a little concept called power of the breath and it's breath related, but it certainly affects the way people sleep, the way they handle stress, posture. And yeah, I've got online courses, which I developed during COVID and you know, my preference is to teach people face to face. But certainly I've got some online options there for people that want to, I guess, learn some of the, the real life, I guess, stress handling situations. And so it's bringing the real life in and trying to teach those components online and break it down scientifically. Mm-hmm. This can be found, there's, there's links on my website, on my social media. So dinogladson.com and at dinogladson on Instagram. My breath page is at Power the Breath. Yeah, I'm a yoga teacher, personal trainer. But, but most of what I've learned is, is as a lifeguard and seeing those real-life situations and, you know, the, the, do you remember the first time you did a resus? Like the stress and panic and anxiety that, that, that we go through and, and trying to, like as a team, be able to support each other to relax through that situation it enables you to perform better. And when you've got someone's life in your hands, like it is, there is no greater greater feeling than than bringing them back to life yeah you definitely feel your mind's clearer if you relax and 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 you can think a lot lot better and you know i I find when i am relaxed things become sort of in slow motion and and you got you know it might be only split seconds but it feels like you got a minute or two minutes when you're when you're doing something so that's something that um you know really sticks in my mind And, and what you're doing is going to save a lot of people's lives and to control that panic. That's the, the main mm. thing is not to panic and, and the stress that comes with the panic. And, you know, if you're trying to uh, survive and you're in the water and you're panicking, well, the next thing that starts going is your energy and your fitness, then your breathing. Everything starts uh, falling apart pretty quick. Yeah, well, you're you're probably famous for, for remaining cool, calm and collected at all times. So, yeah, you'd know a lot about it. And, you know, as to the paramedics, you know, we're, we're – we're, 
we're sort of pumping on someone's chest trying to bring them back to life and we're watching these guys literally just walk down the beach and you're thinking why don't they run well when you're young you are but as you get older you realize it's vitally important for them to come in remain calm and and take control of that situation and get all the all the relevant details to bring that person back to life if they can well, thanks, Dino, mate, for coming in the Beach Shack and uh, telling your story. And, and it's a great what you're doing. And uh, anyone out there wants to get involved, uh, chase up all uh, Dino's website, his links, and uh, and get on board. And, and, you know, you never know, it might save your life one day. Cheers, Hoppo. Much appreciated. Now it's time to have a listen to the fans in the mailbag. This week's letter in the mailbag is from Stephen. He is from Melbourne. And the question is, do you enjoy doing the podcast? Well, Stephen, uh, it is quite enjoyable. It's something that I enjoy chatting to people and listening to their stories. And hopefully that is resonating with the listeners and everybody's getting something out of the stories. There's a wide range of, of different people that come on. So... They all mightn't suit everybody, but hopefully you get something that really entertains you out of all the episodes. So, Stephen, it's uh, something I'm hoping to continue as long as I can and keep getting the guests on. And as long as uh, everybody out there keeps listening, I'll continue to do what I do with the podcast. So, once again, thanks, Stephen, for sending your letter and catch you all next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's a Beach wherever you get your podcasts and hit us up with questions, comments, or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.